So let's learn together possibly the final gain of this year. Unless if we have a big groundswell of interest, maybe next week we'll clap one more, but let's uh, do a WhatsApp poll about that. Um, very popular for the Dafyemi chat. We're very democratic. Okay, so Vayas Kane Aaron. Parshas Baal says that Aaron did this. What did he do? El Mulpneam Nera He established, he, uh, he, he, he kindled the candles of the Menaira, the flames of the Menaira, towards the middle. Kashratziva Hashem Esmeisha, exactly how Hashem commanded Meisha. And Rashi says, Vayas Kain Aaron, Lahagid Shvachishal Aaron Shaloshina. One of the most famous Rashis in Chumash, everybody speaks about this Rashi, everybody, that Vayaskin Aaron, when the Pasuk says, and Aaron did this, that was a, a great Shevach for Aaron. What was the Shevach? What was the great praise that the Torah gives Aaron that Vayaskin, he did it? He didn't, he wasn't Mishana. He didn't change, he didn't distort, he didn't do anything, he didn't paint outside of the lines, he did exactly what HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded him to do. Don't blame Rashi for this, this is actually a Sifri, the strange Rashi is actually a Sifri. What's so strange about it? Is that necessary? That's such a praise of Aaron that he didn't... He didn't change, obviously. Why, well, we would expect Aaron to start uh, changing the mitzvah of Hadlakas HaMenaira. Why is that a praise? Uh, are we expecting to be praised that we didn't, uh, we didn't change our uh, parashias and our tefillin? We didn't, uh, I don't know, we didn't put the mezuzah up on the wrong side of the door? We didn't change the mitzvahs? Obviously, we know that we have to, the Torah says to do something, the Abisha says to do something, we have to do it. Aaron Akayin needed the Torah to say, He did exactly as Moshe Rabbeinu was commanded by Hashem. Why is that necessary? What's so great about that? That's not a great Shavach, that's normal. Before we get to the Gra's answer, this is from a sefer called Selha Eidal Atayra, from Reb Meishen Naftali Ulman. And it was printed in New York, in Tafshin Yud. So how many years ago is that? Now we're in what, Tafshin Pei? Gimel. Gimel. So that's 80 minus 10. So it's about 70 years ago, uh, give or take. Um, and so he, he's going to say his Om Shad, and then he's going to bring from the Gain at the end. It's not, he's not, he's, he's going to elaborate with the Gain at the end. It's not, his, not a separate shot from, Tysus, from, from the Gain. So, This is wedding season now, right? A lot of people have weddings. So, um, we're always looking for good Sheva Brachas Taira. Here is a very good vart for it to say to Sheva Brachas. When a man marries a woman, the nusach of the Kiddushan is Hareat Mekudashasli, Bitabadzu, marry me with this ring, Kedas Meshav Yisrael. What does that mean, Kedas Meshav Yisrael? Like the religion, Das is a religion of Mesha and Klal Yisrael. Dari Das Meshav Yisrael, What is What's the religion of, of, uh, of Meshav and Yisrael? The Torah. Lachin Tamua. 
Why are we uh, bringing, we're invoking the Taira here with the words Kedash Yisrael to Kedusha Isha? Why is that? Why are we doing that? I love this Chazal because it's something that I think we all violate this Chazal. We all slip up with this Chazal. If you hear a, a Dvar Torah, let's say somebody starts telling you a Vart. You know, did you ever hear this shot of the guy in about uh, of course I heard that. That's the old, it's old Tyra. That's number 39. Everybody knows that one. That's the, you know, tell me, wake up a little bit earlier in the morning, tell me something I don't know. So if you say that to people, you're in violation of this Chazal. If you're that guy that always has to like, you know, hop away a guy's punchline because by saying, I know it, I heard it, I heard it better than that. That is, is a special place in Eilam Haba for such people. Pasuk says, the Chazal say, Im shama dvar shama You hear your friend saying Dvar Torah, and you heard it already. You know the Dvar Torah. You're not, it's Asr. It doesn't say it's better not to, or it's preferable, or it's not nice. It's Asr, just the same Lashon that we use about every other Isser in the Torah, this is also Asr. It's Asr to say to your friend, don't bother, I heard it, I got it, you don't need to say it. Don't say that to him. It should always be in your eyes as if it's something brand new. That is the Kedusha Satira. Kedusha Satira demands that a person always hear it out. I want to hear you say it. I heard it already many times, but I want to hear you say it. It's, it's different when you say it. I might have heard it from somebody else, but now let me hear it from you. And when a person has that bikush and that love and that, it's a respect for a tyre. It's, it's a, it's, it's you're, you're giving respect to, to hearing the tyre. It's not like just something that, you know, that it goes, that you just want to, sh- it's not about you, right? If you heard it, why are you telling a person that you heard it? Because so you want to show that you're in the know. Like, I, I, you know, don't, you're not teaching me anything I don't know. When it comes to Tyra, you're supposed to be a macabre. You're not supposed to, like, put everybody down and, and be a know-it-all. It's a good thing to listen and to hear it and to want to be macabre it brand new. Yeah, I, 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 this is true for stories. It's true for jokes, right? Ever like a guy's about to say, you know, so a guy walks into a bar, and like before you get a chance to say ouch, like you know, he almost another guy says ouch. You know, like it's like you know, there's always that guy that has to steal the thunder, and it's true with a story. Oh my gosh, you're telling that story. I, I read it all. You read an Ami, right? Like you know, like, there's always that guy that it has to show that he knows it all. Sometimes that guy is me, by the way. I'm, I'm making it out like that. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, but it's not good, it's not good me. This, this Chazal is obviously specifically talking about Tyra. I'm not trying to equate jokes and stories with Tyra. But, but there's, it's just a me. This, you know, when it comes to Tyra, 
Chazal seem to be saying that it's a Kedushas HaTayra, it's a, you're supposed to say Chachis, and maybe that doesn't necessarily apply to other things, but it's definitely not nice. It's not, a, not, it's not Nimus, it's not, uh, it's not uh, manners to, to do that. But let a, let a person have a joke, let a person tell a story, let a person, you know, you don't have to like right away like steal the guy's thunder, like, let, him, let him shine a little bit. You don't always have to like, like jump all over the guy. And uh, it's hard sometimes, you know, you have to pretend to laugh or whatever, but I, I read once, I think there's a, I forgot which Balmusser it is, it says that, um, like, part of the mitzvah is to, like, laugh at somebody else's jokes, even if it's not funny, or even if you heard it a hundred times already and you heard it better, laughing at someone, that's a chesed, you're doing a chesed with a person. He might get insulted. What? He might get insulted. He might get insulted? No, you have to be, you have to do it with Jeff. You can't give that sarcastic type of laugh. You got to give a, give a real laugh. Um, but that is, uh, that is, uh, it's, it's just an important thing to remember. I think we, I think we're all probably guilty of doing this from time to time. Um, what? Yeah, but uh, we have to learn how to. It's hard not to. I don't know what the psychology is, but I think it's like we want to show that we, we're one step ahead. Like, we know it. You're not teaching me anything new. It's, it's, it's old. But when, when it comes to Tyra, it's certainly never supposed to be old. Like, what are you saying when you're saying about it, a shtigl Tyra that I heard it already? So you're basically saying it's old and I don't want to hear it again. You know, when it comes to... It's an interesting thing. When it comes to, um, to music, you know, there... You could listen to music over and over and over again. There are, there are rock bands that are like people that are literally geriatrics already. Like there are people in their 70s and 80s maybe. You know, they were superstars back in the 70s and the 60s. And, you know, they're still playing the same songs and no one gets tired of Adrab, the place goes crazy. Concerts, people, you know, get tickets. They want to hear this band sing that song. You know, it's historic. You know, you never get sick of hearing songs. It's chash, you know. So, Lahavdil, Taira is a shira. And if you really love the Taira, you would never get bored of it. You would never, like, uh, like Chazara. Like, it's very hard to Chazar Gemara. I, I learned it already. Let me see something new. Chazaring a Gemara, like, people that have much better heads than we do, you know, never tired of Chazaring. They, you know, the rugged shaver, chazer constantly, the Vilna Gain, you know, constantly, chazara, chazara, chazara. Uh, every God will be Yisrael chazered incessantly. They never stop chazering. You think Ramesha Feinstein needed to go through Shas 350 times or whatever he did, 500 times? You think he, after once, he, he knew, he, was, he had a photograph, he was brilliant, he knew everything. He didn't need to go over 350 times. Reb Chaim Kanievsky didn't, didn't need to make a siyam on Kal Kula every single year. When he was 18 years old, he already wrote, I think he was 18 when he wrote the, the um, Nachal Eisan. Did I speak about this already? Yeah, so, anyway, uh, Nachal Eisan is a sefer on Egla Rufa. He wrote it. So there's not that much tire on Egla Rufa. So it's a parak in, in, in Saita, a short parak in Saita. It's a few psukim in, 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 in Chumash. And what I said this, right? 
No, no, no. We were just, I was just pointing out to him, like, oh, I heard this already. Yeah, Did you really, though? Yeah, he was saying, oh, I heard this in a separate room, oh, so. Got it, right? <laughs> Exhibit A. Um, but he knew everything. He, you know, so I said, at 17, 18 years old, he came out with a safe on Egla Roof. If you look, we have it in the basement, it's called Nachal Eisan. Show it to you after the bat. It's right by my seat, and it's it's a pretty thick safer. That the size of the writing is super small, so it could have been. I think there was other editions that are much bigger, and he weaves kolatar kula into Eglarufa. Every halacha in the Torah you're going to find in the index, whether it's what bracha to make on on Eglarufa, and he has like pages and pages of all the dinam of brachas and what, you know, what the klalim and al or le, you know, every, he ties mamish kal into the halachas of egla rupa. And he could have done this with every, you know, he, could, he did it with everything, right? He did it mezuzah and he did it with brais the, the, the melechas and mishkan and he did it with tzitzit and he did it with tefillin and he did it with, uh, you know, with, with zraim and with kachim and with kiddush. He did everything. He, he did not need to make a siman kal every year. He just didn't. He knew it when he was 18 already. He, had, he, he owned Kala Tarakula. So why did he do it? Because when you love a song, you just can sing it over and over and over again. If the Torah is, the Torah is just informational, so I, you know, if you know biology, Lahabdul, you know, I know it. I'm, I don't want to read it again. I, I, I'm, I'm going to go crazy if I read it again. But if it's beautiful to you, if it's Geschmack, if you love it and you have a relationship with it, you want to do it over and over and over again. It's not, it's not a painful experience. It's a beautiful experience. <coughs> so that is, um, that's what it means. When you stop somebody, when somebody says, I want to tell you, okay, what's it on? Um, you, you heard the Torah on that? I don't want to hear it. I heard, I know it. Let me know it. Did, would you stop a guy from singing your favorite song? I mean, if you or from playing your favorite song, and you love the song, you're going to listen to. You want to hear it again and again, or you want to hear a different singer play it again and again. So even if I heard it from this thing, I want to hear you sing it, and that's part of kedushas atayra to really embrace every time, every time you heard it. So now getting back to what we're talking about, you are mekudeshes to me, kedas meisha b'israel, shetamid tia be'enav kechadasha. What does it mean? Why are we comparing the wife to Tyra? Because just like Tyra is supposed to be fresh and new every single day, every single minute of the day, so your wife also should be always like a fresh, new kala, every moment. This is one of the basic, you know, tricks to Shalom Bayis 101, is that you're always supposed to keep the marriage, the relationship fresh. It's very hard uh, to be married to the same person for decades and decades of that. You know her, and you spend time with her, and you, you, know, you wake up, and you eat supper. and eat, It's hard, you know. Imagine doing that with your roommate, you know, whoever your roommate is. Uh, listen, would you be my roommate for the rest of my life? No, I don't want to. I'm, I'm, I told you, I really want to switch out at the end of this month. Forget about the rest of my life. So, you know, 
who, who would you do that with? Like, but you're actually saying to somebody, another human being, that I want to marry you, and I want to marry you for the rest of my life. We're going to be living together. We're going to be eating together. We're going to be having Shabbos together, yonder together, shopping together, cooking together. And like, how do you do that? How do you, how do you keep that relationship going? I mean, a lot of people, they don't, or, they, or it's a disaster. And that's normal. I think it's, it's much easier to, to have a disastrous marriage than a good marriage because, cause, and because human beings are human beings. We're very fragile. We're very, you know, we get very desensitized to things. So if we're, if we're in a relationship with a person and we're spending a little too much time with that person, you know, ever go on a, like, let's say, on a road trip with, with some chevra and, like, at the end of the road trip, like, you thought it was a good idea to go to Niagara Falls and back for like a week with a group of guys. You just want to like, you know, run away at the, you know, the, you want to like, you know, the stories that they kill people in the woods and like, you know, like that you, you're like, I can't be with these people. You know, I have to, I, I just need, I'm going to Uber home. Like, I can't do this anymore. So it's, it's not, so how do you do it? The answer is that you have to keep it fresh. You have to be able to always appreciate your wife and look at her with new eyes and like, and understand that you know she's a human being, and that you're not to take her for granted. And even though she's cooking for you and she's cleaning for you, and you're earning parnasa, let's say, and you know, and you think that it's a quid pro quo, you always have to. The, when you stop appreciating her, and you stop looking at her like a brand new wife, and you look at her like, oh, been there, done that, and now it's just like a, it's just a, a working relationship that we have. That's the beginning of the end. So hareyamikudeshesli. Is The way I'm going to marry you is the same way that I, I, I want to approach Tyra. Approaching Tyra is kechadasha. I'm always looking at Tyra like a new song, fresh. I'm not looking at it like old news and I can't, I can't look at it anymore. It's coming out of my ears. I have to look at it with freshness and geschmack and, and love. That's how I have to look at my wife as well. I always have to try to revive and refresh and renew, reset the relationship every single moment. I think Rippam has a, has a great mushal that he gives about, um, there was once upon a time a, a woman, they lived on a farm, a husband and wife, and every day the woman would make like a beautiful supper for her husband, comes home after a long day, you know, working the fields and on the farm, so he'd have a nice supper, he made her, she made her, him chicken and, and rice and, and a drink and, and he comes in every single day, every single night. Comes in, he doesn't say hello, doesn't say goodbye, doesn't say thank you, just wolfs down the, the meal, and lahadam, he just doesn't say anything to her, and, she, and she's obviously very hurt. Like, she, you know, she, every woman wants to be appreciated, and you have to tell her constantly that, you know, it's a, you put in so much work, and everything is delicious, and I don't know how you cook this way, unbelievable. But he never did it. So one day... Her palm says she, he comes home and there's like a big bale of hay on the dinner table on his plate. Like, he says, what's this? What is this? So she says, every day I feed you and I feed the horses. I feed you and I feed the cows. And I feed them hay. And you know what? They never say thank you to me. Never say. And not once did a cow or a horse ever say thank you. But guess what? You don't say thank you either. So I figure, you know, I might as well give you and, 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 and them the same exact food. It's a, I don't get a thank you either way, so I might as well, you're acting like them, so I'll feed you like them. 
And, but we get sometimes into that mode, like, yeah, yeah, she has to cook for me, that's her job, like, I got to do my thing, she's doing her thing, and that's a very, very uh, dangerous, slippery slope from there, so a person has to always, Harriet Mekudeshesli is exactly like Kedas Mesha, Yisrael, you have to always renew it, always be Chadash Rebbeinav, when you, when you, when it's new and it's fresh, and that's why, and that's, of course, without getting into too many graphic details, that's the brilliance of the Torah behind um, all the laws of, of Nida. You know, when a, when a husband and wife are married, there's a lot of times of the month that, you know, her husband and wife have to separate. They can't be together. Why? That's, that's not like, it's, it's annoying, but it's also, there's a brilliance to it because if it's constant, like the Lashon and the Ram is Shoite Nashem Mitzvah Seitzel if you're, you know, if you're always able to to be with one another, then it's like you get used to each other, and it's not, it's, there's nothing fresh about the relationship. By being, by having to separate for, you know, on a drabanan level, like close to, you know, two, five, and seven days every every month when she's, you know, then that's that's a long time to separate, but it makes. It makes the heart, the heart grow fonder, and and that's uh, that's part of the part of the brilliance of it. And Gaim don't have these restrictions, so they could basically be together anytime they want, and and that's why a lot of relationships fall apart because it's just there's nothing interesting anymore at one point. So, but if you're restricted from it, and then you can come back that's uh, that's a very important uh, added uh, incentive to to uh, revive the relationship. But here's the grow. And we're going to get back now, of course, to the kasha that we started with about Rashi. So the grow says as follows. This is what Aaron was up against with Hadlakas Haneris. Mishim Shiavayda Kala was a very simple task that Hadlakas Haneris is lighting candles, uh, cleaning the candles, uh, you know, setting them up for the next day. The Aaron Haya Isa Ba Meshach Lamita Shana Midayim Biyaimi. Thirty-nine years, day in and day out. It was the Kain Gadol's responsibility, it was Aaron Akain's responsibility to go and to clean out the Neris and then and set them up again and light them. That was Aaron's duty for thirty-nine years. Ba Baikir Uba Arab every morning and every night. The Efshalakshiv. So you might think to say, well, listen, after all that time, you get very burned out of things. You do something 39 straight years, you're going to get burned out of it. You're not going to be into it. You're not going to be excited about it. It's going to be old and rote. Maybe after all, you're just putting it on cruise control. I don't know. It's on autopilot. I know how to do this. I can do this in my sleep. So I'm not going to be inspired. I'm not going to do it with any freshness. I'm not going to be doing it with any, any gishmak. That's what the Torah is saying here. Aaron did exactly as Hashem commanded. What does that mean? That's lahagit Aaron shina. What does it mean he didn't, he didn't change from the very first time that he did. Imagine the first time that he lit the menorah. That was exciting. This is the first time. It's a historic moment. You know, everybody wants to see it. Everybody wants to be a part of it. This is when he's lighting the menorah for the very first time. Okay? Now, fast forward three months from now. 
five years from now, ten years from now, you think he's still going to be, would you be excited after you know how to do it? Or it's not, nothing fresh about it, it's nothing new. No, Aaron did it as excited as he did it the first day. He did it after 39 years and every day in between. Aaron did this. What did he do? He did it exactly as Hashem commanded, meaning the same Gishmak as he did it the first time, he did it the last time and every time in between. This is a great var to say at Shavabrachas. It's also a great var to say at a bar mitzvah. I'm thinking maybe I'll say it by my son's bar mitzvah. It's going to be at the end of the summer. Everybody's invited. Um, Which week? Oh, shoot. Um, uh, uh, August 29th is the, uh, is the actual affair on the fourth floor. And then Shabbos Parshas Nitzam Vayelach is, uh, is going to be in Yeshiva. Great. Make a nice Kiddush Mitzvah Shem. So, um, but it's a beautiful bar to say over at a bar mitzvah. Why? Because this is, this is mamish what the maila of a bar mitzvah is. The maila of a bar mitzvah is that when a bar mitzvah bacher starts putting on tefillin, I think we could all relate to this, the very first time we put on tefillin was, I remember, my, I remember it was like perfect. You know, you, you took your time, you put it on, you made the bracha, and then you, you, the, each of the kriches, each of the ritzues are like mamish. You could take a ruler and it was perfect. It was like... You know, parallel to each other, with a equidistant from each other, and then and and you're checking your tefillin shalreish with a million times in your mirror, and this and that, and you're you're jacking, you're juggling your hat, and you're this, and everything is like perfect. And then, like, what happens inevitably is, you know, you fast forward a couple of years and a couple of decades, and by then the guy says, and then like, you know, like and you're done, like three seconds, you're you're tefillin are on, tefillin are off, and like, what happened? What happened was that we got used to it. We, we, the first time was geschmack, like every first time things are great, and then like it just goes it just goes down, you know, because we're used to it. It's already where it's 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 rote. We know it, been there, done that. Nothing to see here, nothing exciting, nothing extra, and you know this is something that we all uh, we all have to work on. Bar mitzvah is to basically you know make it so geschmack. For a bar mitzvah boy at his bar mitzvah, that hopefully that excitement will will lift him forward and will propel him past just that first initial stage, but you know get him into a into a stratosphere of being excited about mitzvahs. I was just telling somebody today, a rabbi in yeshiva, a var from Rav Shach. Rav Shach said that when he was a bar mitzvah bacher, and and throughout history. What did they do at Bar Mitzvah in, in, before World War I, let's say, before World War II probably? And, you know, in the 1800s, 1700s, going back all the way, they, they basically served heroes of the Bar Mitzvah, okay? You know, you, you got a piece of, uh, of herring, you got a little maybe schnapps, and if you were really rich, maybe a piece of sponge cake, and that was your Bar Mitzvah, Mazel Tov. That's it. You ever go to Simchas and Eretz Yisrael? You have a, what do you get? You get a slab of Yerushalmi kugel and a pickle. That's the whole kiddush, right? And no one complains. Everybody's happy. Comes to America, and probably in Israel today, and you have like these huge, lavish bar mitzvahs with like ten-piece orchestras and uh, you know and uh, you know shtick and this and that, t-shirts and caps and uh, crazy, right? Like people spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on bar mitzvahs. 
that's a little extreme, but like, but most people, I think, have like a pretty decent bar mitzvah, right? I'm assuming. So, so Rav Shach, you'd, you'd expect Rav Shach to be like very anti that, like very bad, bad, bad American jury, you know. To, he says, he says, you know, you think it's bad, he says, but it's not. Because in Europe, back in the day, we didn't need that. We didn't need that push because like, there was, it was the only game in town, like, you know, being from, being Shemitah Mitzvah, putting on tefillin, that was, wasn't a chiddish, that's what you did, you just did that, you know, that's what you were trained to do, that's what you were brought up to do, and you did it, so you don't, you know, you, we don't owe you a standing ovation for being a bar mitzvah, you know, this is what you're doing, there's no shayla. He says, but nowadays, in America, and wherever it is, there are so many, this is going back probably 30 years ago when he said this, says there's so many competing uh, distractions that a bar mitzvah boy has. So many different um, stimuli, so many different mediums. Like, you know, that it's not so pasha that uh, every bar mitzvah boy is going to be shemit mitzvahs. A lot of guys not interested, you know, bored, uh, you know, more interested in their smartphones and their videos and their Xboxes and their whatever and Game Boy. You know, there's, there's so many other things. So if a if a bacher is really into being mekabel himself the olam mitzvahs and putting on his tefillin and and being and learning and being in yeshiva and being a good, then he deserves a big party. It's a big chiddush. It's not a, it's not a small thing. And that's uh, this is a beautiful you say that the first time you do something, it's very important to do it right, but it's also important to do it right the second time and the third time and the fourth time and the hundredth time. And that's Aaron. Aaron Akain was a fireball of, of, of passion and zrizas and, and chiddush. When I was uh, once in a yeshiva in, uh, in Eretz Yisrael, in the old city, it overlooks the Kaisal. And uh, like unbelievable real estate, you look right over the Kaisal. And uh, I was standing up there before, after I spoke once to recruit in, yeshiva, in that yeshiva or before, I don't know, whatever. And as it was in the morning, it was after I spoke, I think, during davening. And after I took a coffee and I was standing on the mepesa just looking at what's going on. It was, you know, beautiful. So there were two Talmidim in the yeshiva that were there. So I, I said to them, you know, you guys are so lucky, like, you know, uh, you know that you're, you're, you're here. He says, they said, like, what do you mean? I said, look, look where you are. Look where, look where your yeshiva is. Oh, that? He says... Rebbe, I'm embarrassed to say this, he says, but today, it's just a wall. Because when I first came, I was like, wow, the Kaisal and Marabi, the Makkah, the Mikdash, the, you know, all, all the people here, and like Bar Mitzvahs, and, and Chasnas, and whatever, and uh, now it's just a wall. It's like, that's a wall, and that's a wall, and that's a wall. You know, it's not like a, it's not a Chiddush to me at all. And I was like, you know, then I remember that I had a cousin uh, my father had a cousin, actually. He was much considerably older than my father, so it's not... But... Um, and he lived in the old city. He lived uh, in the Rova. And I asked him once, I remember when I was a little kid, and I was, he was like an older man, I said, like, do you daven at, at the Kaisel, like, Shachris, Mincha, and Mayrev? Or just, like, Shachris? Like, what do you do? Like, what's this, what's, what's this? He says, I haven't been to the Kaisel in, I think, 15 years. I was like, what? You live like a stone's throw away from the Kaisal. How do you not... Dab? 
It's the same. It's a wall. It's the wall syndrome. It's like it's just a wall. After a while, you can have the the greatest kedusha, the greatest makam kaddish in the world, and it's just a wall because we're not trained to have to have excitement about things. So we get used to things, and we get used to our tefillah, and we get used to our learning, and we get used to our our kalas, and we get used to our our you know the kaisel, and we get used to everything becomes used to it. Reb Chaim Shmulev is a whole mimer on this, a whole shmuz that he gave, and he said that there's a pasuk that says that had that when you come into the base hamikdash, you come through one gate, and they make you leave through another. You can't go back out the gate that you came in. That was the way. There was like a you know, I guess they had like signs, you know, just keep walking in the line, pizza line forms here, and like you know, just keep on. You know, keep on walking in that direction. You can't go back out. You can go through that door, but you have to go out another door. Why? So he says, because people would not, even in the Makam HaMikdash itself, not just looking at the outside, the Kaisal, if you'd go in the Makam HaMikdash itself, you might fall prey to this human nature that you're going to get used to something. If you walk in the door and then out that same door, ho-hum, been there, done that. I, I, I know this door already. I, I own this door. It's fine. It's, it's nothing... So you have to always refresh it. You have to go in one door and out the other door. So it's not, you never, you never feel too comfortable even in the Beis HaMikdash, even in a place that you should naturally be in awe, but even there you're, you, could, you could fall prey to this. And so this is the site of Parashat Baalaischa. You have to, not only was the, did Aaron light the fire, the fire lit Aaron. Aaron was able to be inspired every single day to never tire, never wane, never lose interest, but always keep up the chiddush, the kayach of chiddush in our life. And this is what we have to do, you know, going forward in the summer, especially. We have to every we have to go to davening every single day, every day. Shachris minchamayrev, shachris minchamayrev. Don't think, well, I, I did that the whole year, and now I'm it's vacation mode. I need to chill a little bit. I need to wake up late and go early. No, you, have, you can't be Mishana. There's something about consistency. You can't allow yourself to, to just like start getting bored with Yiddishkeit because you know, now you're not in yeshiva. You have to make starim every single day. You have to help your parents every day if you're going to be home. You, gotta, you have to make sure to do everything as well as you possibly can. You should have a beautiful summer also. You should enjoy yourself and relax and show whatever you need to do. But, you know, the things that you need to be consistent with, you need to be consistent with. And the more consistency that you have in the summer, the better the summer will be, and the better the, the coming's man. Coming's man, it sounds like it's in three days. It's like three months away. It's, scary. it's so scary. This year, it's like really early. It's normally like, I think, later June, I think, is the end of Shear. If I'm not mistaken, maybe I'm wrong. But it just, it's very early this year. And it's like two and a half months of, of being away from yeshiva. And it's a, it's a scary thing. You know, you have to really be very careful in the summer. You know, you can really, you can steig a lot in the summer. You can learn a lot of things that you don't have time to learn in the winter. And, and, and chaz are things you did learn in the winter. But you could lose a lot of ruchnis also in the summer if you're not careful. And um, a lot of this could be at least somewhat remedied, this, this feeling of like, you know, yish sometimes, and like giving in, and if you're able to do what Aaron did, and not be Mishan, and don't give in an iota, just keep on 
keeping up the fight, doing your Hadlakas and Neiris every single day, day in and day out, the same Eivishter that commands us during the whole year to do these things that's in the, around the summer, on vacation, wherever we are. And uh, we should have a beautiful summer, a very successful summer. And we should come back, those of you that are coming back, should come back with frischer kaiches, with fresh, new, inspired um, energy, and bring that back to Yeshiva. And in Mitzvah Shem, we will steig next year. La'ela, ula'ela.